We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. And so the last time um, when we talked about Daniel, he was in his 80s or so, uh, and it was the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And so at this point in time, we're a little bit further now, and he's a really old man, and um, for decades upon decades upon decades, he's been standing firm in faith and believing that God does do miracles and that he continues to do miracles and he doesn't stop doing miracles. In the very beginning of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar destroys the temple and he captures all the young nobles of Israel and he hauls them off to Babylon and uh, Daniel was one of those young men. So for a very long time, you know, Daniel's, Daniel's in Babylon from basically, well, Daniel spends his whole entire life in Babylon. When they eventually do go back, Daniel actually stays. But, um, but at this point, he's been in Babylon from, I mean, 14 to probably 14 to 16 to somewhere in his late 80s or 90s. Um, so that's a long time that he's been in Babylon and he's been praying that God would restore the temple and all of his Jewish brothers and sisters are going to be able to return to their homeland. And he was starting to see some signs that that would happen. But in Daniel 10 here, he gets this vision from God and it's, it was really disturbing at first and, and, uh, All he could literally do was pray. He sees a vision of more war, more hardships. And I can only imagine in his mind, he's been been thinking for decades now, you know. uh, I've been praying and and all I, I just see more hardships. More hardships are coming. And so Daniel did what he always does. He fell to his knees and he prayed. For 21 days, it says that he, that he sought God. And we'll, we'll read through it in a minute. But, um, and this is actually where we get our tradition in the church of the 21-day fast. A lot of church folk at the beginning of every year do a 21-day fast, right? How many of us have ever participated in a 21-day fast at the beginning of the year. I know this church does one. There's a lot of us in here that have done that. And so this is actually where that tradition comes from, that 21-day fast. And during this fast, Daniel, you know, he fasts, this fast he fasts food, water, and he actually, um, he wore no fragrant lotions or anything, which means he didn't take any baths. When we do our fast in January, you guys can take baths. Please take baths. 21 days. It's long. But, so for 21 days, he, he sought God, and at the end of it, he, um, he sees this angelic being. And we're not totally sure uh, who this angelic being is. There's a lot of Bible scholars that believe it was the pre-incarnate Christ. And what that means is, if you'll remember, God was around before the foundation of the earth. 
Um, God is Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which is really a mystery that we can't completely wrap our minds around and we can't fully explain. Jesus appears in the New Testament in bodily form, but he existed before the foundation of the world. And so in the Old Testament, there's times when it appears that Christ was there. And um, this, is, this is called Christophany. It's what people who are much smarter than I call it, Christophany, uh, theologians and Bible scholars. And so a lot of people believe this angelic being uh, was a pre-incarnate Christ. I don't believe that. Um, and as we read, we're going to see that this angel uh, basically was held back from his mission by bad angels for the 21 days. And personally, I just don't think that um, anything would have held Christ back, whether he was pre-incarnate or in bodily form or anything. Um, I don't think that anything would have held Christ back from his mission for 21 days. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. But no matter what you believe about this, it's not a deal breaker. It doesn't really matter. It's just fun discussion, really, is what it is. It's just fun discussion. On a side note, too, outside of the basic principle of God, of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him, don't get too wrapped up in disagreeing about theology with people. It's not worth your time. There's 20, listen to this, it's crazy. There's 22,000 independent denominations, 9,000 Protestant denominations, 1,600 what they labeled marginal denominations, 781 Orthodox denominations, 242 Catholic denominations, and 168 Anglican denominations. It's roughly 32,000 denominations. I would think probably none of us have it right. Um, with 32,000 denominations, probably nobody really has it right. And so don't spend too much time disagreeing with people about theology. Let's get to what we agree about. We get to what we agree about. So let's read uh, from Daniel chapter 10. We're going we're gonna to start out in verses 5 through 8. Verses 5 through 8. It says, uh, oh, and I'm reading, I'm reading out of, this is my new Bible. It's a New Living Translation. So a couple of weeks ago in prayer, uh, on the last Tuesday night of prayer, we were meditating on Romans 8, and I didn't bring uh, my Bible in there with me, and I didn't have my phone. My phone was hooked up playing music. And Amy had her Bible, and her Bible is, her Bible's been around the way. It was, her, it was her grandmother's Bible. It's been her Bible. Look at it. It's all beat up and taped. But then the worst thing of all is I opened the Bible, and I came to a realization I need large print. I need large print. I'm going to be 42 years old this year. 
And I was looking at her Bible and my eyes, I was doing this. And I was trying to read through Romans 8, the whole chapter. And it was difficult. And so I went to Amazon. And I got a large print Bible. So this is my large print Bible. All right. Daniel 10, 5 through 8. It says, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face, face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me, my face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. So Daniel is the only one to see this vision. His buddies are with him, but they didn't see it. They've, they must have felt something, though, right? Because it said they got scared and ran off. And we're not exactly sure why that is, but what we do know is there's times in our lives where God will reveal something to us, but maybe not to somebody else. And uh, for those of you that have been followers of God for a while, chances are at some point in your life, God has shown you something really powerful. You know, you're reading through the Bible and you come across a verse or a passage in Scripture, maybe a couple of verses that you've read before, and all of a sudden it jumps out at you in a whole new way. It's completely amazing and new and it's speaking to you. And you show your friend, man, check this out, this is amazing. And your friend's like, yeah, that's great. Let's go get some coffee, right? They didn't, they didn't see it. Maybe some of us had a time like that in worship this morning. You sense the presence of God and you lean over and you said something to your friends, you know, wasn't that awesome? And they're like, yeah, the coffee was free and it's not half bad. And you're like, you think to yourself, what are you doing with your life, man? Didn't you sense the presence of God? You know, but this is what happens with Daniel. You know, his friends didn't experience it for whatever reason. And my prayer is maybe that for some of us today, we're going to have a moment where God speaks to us. It's like the heavens open and God is speaking direct, directly to us. And you're going to say something to somebody and they're going to say, yeah. That was great. I didn't know how many denominations there were in the world. <laughs> I didn't know how many denominations. And you're like, man, that's not what I was talking about. Well, whatever, right? But that's how good God is. And that's what he does. Sometimes he'll show us something, he'll show me something, and he's not going to show Amy something, you know. But we serve a good God, and he speaks to us in this way. And so Daniel has a moment like this. And in verse 8, the middle of the verse, he, sa he says this. He's in, the, he's in the presence of the angelic being. He says, so I, 
I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. But watch what happens in verse 9. Look at verse 9. Then I heard the man speak, and I were, when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. I laid there. The strongest of men or women, don't discriminate here, the strongest of men or women can't bear the weight of the glory of God the manifest presence of the glory of God, no matter how strong you are. And if you've ever had a moment like that where you're deeply in his presence, you lose your strength. You don't, you don't want to stand. You, you, you can't stand. You don't feel worthy to stand. And I don't know, maybe some of you who've been followers, I hope you've had moments like that where you're so in the presence of God that simultaneously, at the same time, you're, you're so grieved over the depravity of your own sin, but at the same time, full of joy that he's faithful and full of grace and ready to forgive. It's, it's an odd feeling to have, and you can't really completely explain it. It's overwhelming. It's comforting. It's assuring. And if you've never had a moment like that, I would encourage you to seek him. Seek him. Ask him. Ask him for a moment. He's faithful. He'll do it. He'll do it. Seek him. I've had Three moments like that, what I'll call, I'll call a supernatural moment in my life, in my walk with, with God thus far, the, uh, the 12 years or so that I've been following God. I've had three supernatural moments with him like that. And uh, I'll tell you about one of them. Amy and I were uh, freshly married and New on board at our, at our, at our first assignment at, at a church in Michigan, Clinton Valley Church. And uh, we were over the young adult ministry. And um, I was making a lot of mistakes. <laughs> and what was so awesome, though, is my leadership, they provided a really safe place for me to make mistakes. So my first really big mistake was I launched the young adult group simultaneously with a church-wide prayer meeting. Don't do that. Most young adults don't want to hang out with the rest of the church at a special prayer meeting for the, for the launch of their group. They just don't want to do it. At least these ones didn't want to do it because the only ones that showed up were the ones on the worship team and the ones scheduled to serve. But my pastors had created a really safe place for me to make mistakes, even though they encouraged me not to do that. I went ahead and, you know, did it anyway. 
because Amy and I loved prayer so much. And so I was just in this place for that whole season where I was just striving, you know, striving to do things. I was doing a lot of working for God and not really working with God. How many of you guys know that two minutes of working with God will do far more than weeks of working for Him? One conversation in two minutes when you're partnered with, with what God is doing will have way more of an effect than weeks and weeks of working for God. And so I was at a place in my walk with him where I was doing a lot of working for him and I wasn't working with him. I was working for him. And uh, we were a couple of, of weeks into the into meeting and I walked into the church. Um, I had set up earlier in the day uh, for meeting with the group, with the young adults, and we met in the basement for Bible study. And I walked into the church, a lot smaller than this, and I looked up at the altar, I looked up at the cross. It was, it was actually a lot like this, but just shrink it way down. And I looked up at the cross and I remember inside of my mind and in my heart, I just said, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I think what I was saying is I can't do it the way I'm doing it anymore. And I can't explain it. The presence of God just fell and I fell and I was kind of laying there on my side, just kind of crying like a baby. And he didn't say anything to me. He didn't say anything to me. It, he was just there. And uh, after about 30 minutes of that, um, the presence lifted. And I just kind of had this feeling like it was all right. Like it was good. And we had a great meeting. We had an awesome meeting. But that's what it was. He didn't, he didn't speak to me. I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't even really have a feeling. It was just this heaviness. Mike falling down, crying like a baby. 30 minutes, present, presence lifted. And just everything was rejuvenated and new. And that's what it was. And that's my prayer for you, is that you guys are going to have moments like that. It may not be a lot of them. I've had, I've had three of them in 12 years. I don't know why it works that way. I'm sure other people have had many more. Maybe some other people have had less. But you're gonna, my prayer is that you hear something, and you're going to leave here, or walk away from your computer if you're watching online, changed. And not the same, because God had something just for you. And so what we're going to do for the rest of our time is we're going to move into application. Because I don't ever want to just read God's word um, and not do anything with it. I want to be able to apply it to my life. And so, so that's what we're going to do. So how do you stand firm in your faith? When you're praying and praying and praying for things and you don't see anything happening.
and of course I got three things for you. And that's little three points. And the first thing is, God cares more about you than you do. I promise. God cares more about you than you care about yourself. He absolutely does. Take a look at verse 10 here. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. Just then, a hand touched me. What did the hand do? What did it do? Yeah, it touched him, right? It lifted him. If I would have prepared a little bit better, I, I'm going to read some lyrics from an old hymn, but I could have got the melody down, and I should have had Jesse up there chugging away on the organ, and I could have sung them for you. But I didn't prepare like that. So I'm just going to read these, uh, these lyrics from this hymn. It says, from sinking sands, he lifted me. With a tender hand, he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light, oh, praise his name, he lifted me. Understand this. When God extends his hand, it'll never be to condemn. It's always to lift you up. Do you understand that? When God extends his hand to you, it's never in condemnation. Never. It's always to lift you up. He loves you. You're precious to him. Let's look at verses 10 and 11 together. It says, Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And then the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. It says it right here. You're precious to God. You're precious to God. God loves you. God loves you. You're precious to God. You're precious to God. Did you know that? Do you believe that? God loves you. We have to believe these things. He cares about you. There's nothing you could possibly do that would make him love you more. And there's nothing you could ever do that would cause him to love you less. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. All right. So God cares about us more than we care about ourselves. And the second thing is God's doing 
more than you know or understand. Way more. Let's take a look. We're going to read through verses 11, 12, and 13 together. As soon as I find it. All right. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding, to humble yourself before your God, your, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. I'm sure there's a lot of people in here who have been praying for a really long time about a vast number of things. And we can get to a place sometimes where we're praying about something and we don't see, we don't see with our physical eyes what's going on. And we end up, we get that voice in the back of our head and it starts to become louder and louder. It says, why bother? You know, why do I even pray about this? Why bother? God doesn't care. He doesn't love me. Why bother? If he were going to do something, he would have done it a long time ago. I can't tell you how many times I've said something like that. Doesn't make sense, right? I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my time. The first time you prayed, God heard you. He did. The very first time you prayed, he heard you. And God loves a persistent prayer. He likes to hear his saints cry out to him. Verse 13. But for 21 days the spirit the for 21 days the spirit prince the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael one of the archangels came to help me and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. But for 21 days How many days? 21 days. The same amount of days Daniel fasted. Huh. Same amount of days. So for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. And so this spirit prince of Persia, again, not totally sure. Uh, most Bible scholars believe, and I do agree with this one. I do. That it was some sort of demonic force. Because um, if you'll remember, again, going back to the beginning of time, uh, some of the angels in heaven rebelled with Satan, and they were cast out of heaven, and they're called fallen angels. But we have to remember that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of this dark world. 
So in other words, what you see with your eyes is not all there is. What you see with your eyes is not all there is. Don't ever believe that just this physical realm that we see is all, that is, all, all there is. It's all there, that's all that's going on. And here's what's powerful to me when I read, I read this. Think about this. Daniel prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. I mean, he's been praying for a long time. You know, 80, 80 years, and in this situation, three weeks. He's been praying for 80 years for his, his kingdom, for Israel, to, for Israel to be restored, for Israelites to be able to go back. And he saw nothing. He saw nothing happen. He saw nothing happen for 80 years. He saw nothing happen for three weeks. But just because he didn't see anything doesn't mean God wasn't doing anything, right? So we've been praying. You've been praying for a long time and you've been crying out to God and you've been asking him. But just because you don't see anything doesn't mean God isn't working on your behalf. And you've got to believe that. You have to. You have to renew your mind and believe these things about God. He's a good God. He's a good, good father. Right? That's what the song says. He's a good, good father. It's true. We have to renew our minds into thinking these truths about God. Get out of the negativity. He cares about us and he loves us. And remember, if you've read to the end of the book, we win. We win. The kingdom of light will prevail over the kingdom of darkness. And so for 21 days, Daniel sees nothing. But there's a battle raging in heaven that he can't see with his physical eyes, starting from the very first time he prayed. Worship team, you guys can come back. And so that now we have the third thing, the third thing to remember. And so the first is God cares about us more than we care about ourselves. The second thing is God's doing more than we know or understand. And the last thing is God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And this is a New Testament principle, right? Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 12.9. He says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. And I have an example for you. I used to work out. As a matter of fact, we were having me. Was it last Sunday, the meeting? Was the was the meeting I can't tell I can't tell you about what we had a meeting about last Sunday until next Sunday. But we had a meeting last Sunday about something that I can't tell you about this Sunday. You have to wait till next Sunday. So while we were in this meeting that I can't tell you about what happened inside of it, my friend Kevin was there. Uh, it's a youth, it was a youth leaders meeting. But that's all I can tell you. Okay. But my friend Kevin was there. And uh, we, were t- we were just chatting, and he, and he said, um, 
He said, I heard you work out at UFIT now. And I said, I did. I have gone there. <laughs> See, he asked, he said, I heard you work out. I, I, I have before, but, but definitely not regularly. But all of my workout friends in here, how many workout friends do, who do, do how many people in here work out? Not even, it doesn't have to even be regularly, just maybe a couple times a month. Yeah. So you guys know about the burnout set. Who knows about the burnout set? I know Nancy knows about the burnout set back there. Yeah. All the burn people. Where are you? The burnout set. It's where you take really lightweight, uh, whatever you're doing, and you do as many reps as you possibly can. You, you lift until you can't lift anymore. Mind you, you've already, you've already did your workout. You already did your whole workout, and this is the last thing you do. And so back in the day, yep, this is a back in the day story, because at one point in time, I worked out a lot. But it's just not the case anymore. So. But back in the day, um, I lifted with this really jacked dude. And his name was Chris. Our Chris isn't here today, but oddly enough, he was, he was um, jacked like our Chris. Our Chris is a little bit bigger, though. Our Chris is a little bit bigger. And you've got, if you, when you guys see him, make sure you tell him I said that, too. But he, and he, but he really was. He's a Chris, our, Chris, our Chris is a little bit bigger than this guy. But this guy, this guy was jacked. And so, so this is chest day. You know, this is, this is chest day, and we're ending our session uh, with, with a burnout, sent, uh, burnout set of bench presses with just the bar. So a 45-pound bar. You do that as many times as you can. And if you can imagine, it looks absolutely ridiculous, all right? You've got a guy as big as me, right? Right? That would look ridiculous. A guy as big as me lifting 45 pounds, benching 45 pounds. You guys need to agree with me on this. You're not agreeing with me. Anyway, a guy my size is benching a 45-pound bar. So it looks ridiculous in my mind. So first 20 reps or so, you're thinking in your mind, this looks ridiculous. I'm benching a 45-pound bar, and this looks silly. People must think I'm really weak. That's, like, that's what your pride says. That's what my pride says. So that's the first 20 reps, right? You get up to about 30 and you're like, okay, starting to get a little bit tired here. And then you get up to about 40 or so, and your chest is on fire. Your chest is on fire. You're at 40 reps. You're getting, you're getting up to 50, you know, and you just want to give up. But I got Chris, you know, right behind me, and he's yelling, 10 more, just 10 more. It's all you, you got this, you know, being that positive influence. And I'm like, dude, shut up. I just want to be done, you know. Come, come on, it's all you, you know. So I get, to where, I get to where there's like six or seven left, and I can just, I give up. I give up. 
but he's still yelling, you know, come on, Mike, four more, two more, it's all you. And the truth is, uh, it wasn't all me, because when I got to the, about the seven reps to go, uh, I gave up, you know. And so he, he, he racks, we rack the weight, and I'm getting up and I'm laughing. He's like, what's up? And I said, that wasn't all me. That was all you, those last, you know, seven reps or so. I gave up and just left my hands on the bar. You were just ripping it up. <laughs> and my hands were just dangling because I couldn't let go. <laughs> but the point is, when I got to the end of my own strength, what happened? He stepped in, you know. He stepped in. And he helped. So when, when I had nothing left, when I had nothing left, he stepped in and he helped. And sometimes we come to a place in our faith where we feel like that. You know, we got nothing left. I walked into that sanctuary many years ago when the story I told you about early, earlier. I was just like, I can't do this. I got nothing. You know, I've had enough. You know what, though? That's when, that's when God shows up. We give him the opportunity to become his strongest through us. Because it's not in our own power, but it's in his. Let's take a quick look at verse 17. How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. For some of you right now, that captures, that's this moment, you know. My strength is gone. I've been hanging on. I've been hanging on for my marriage. I've been hanging on for my kids. This loved one. I've been fighting for this. Financially, I can't do it can't do it anymore my strength is gone I can't breathe but God say but God but God those, those are my two favorite words look at verse 18 then the one who looked like a man touched me again and I felt my strength returning he touched me and I felt my strength returning this is for you. This is for me right now. One touch. It just takes one touch. One touch from God. And restoration can happen. One touch. I'm back in a relationship with Christ. One touch is enough to keep going. One touch can literally change everything. Just one touch. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. As he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, Please speak to me, my Lord, for you 
have strengthened me. Be encouraged today, church. Be encouraged this morning. You can keep standing in your faith because the first time you prayed, God heard you. He heard you. And he released angelic forces in the heavenly, in the heavenly realms to fight on your behalf. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. All those prayers for all the saints in this building that you've spoken up to heaven. God's warring on your behalf right now. Even right now. Even though you can't see. He's doing it. And he's a really good God. And I want to be honest with you. God may do exactly what you're praying for. He may not. But just because we don't see anything doesn't mean he's not doing something. And people are going to look at you and wonder, how are you still hanging in there? How are you still doing it? And you're going to say, because God cares about me more than I do. And he's doing way more than I can see or understand. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. And I trust Him. I trust Him. You guys stand with me. If you would, I want you to do me a favor as we pray. Hebrews, when they would pray to receive something, rather than in a posture of surrender, which is, a, which is what we're used to, you know, a lot of times we, when we're worshiping or when God is touching us in a special way, we're, we, we take a posture of, of surrender to Him, right? But when we receive something from him, what they would do is they would turn their hands like this. Like this, like this, this, this. Whatever your comfort level allows you to do, although I would encourage you to get out of your comfort level. So if your comfort level is this, maybe you could do this. If your comfort level is this, maybe you could do this. If this is your comfort level, then you got it. So, so do this, this, this. Father, we pray that in your presence, your Holy Spirit would strengthen your church to have faith that your will is in heaven would be done here on this earth. Father, I thank you today for the saints who are continuing to believe for what others would say is impossible. Lord, give them strength even right now. We thank you that you care about the intimate details of our lives, that you care about us more than we can even comprehend. God, I lift up those who are at the end of their own strength. And I declare that your strength will be perfect in their weakness. God, build the faith of your church. Father, we trust you. Lord, we trust you. 
We trust you. We love you. We love you. And we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.